0: Welcome to the Speak Like a Leader podcast with John Bates. Welcome to the show. With me today is someone that I am just beyond excited to talk with. And you know, it's not always usual that people's names really speak what they are, but today... My guest name really says what he is. Today, Julian Treasure is joining me on the show, and he really is a treasure. He is a sound and communication expert with five TED Talks, 12 TEDx Talks, and 150 million combined views. He's got two books. One is called Sound Business, which is about the sounds that business makes. We're going to talk about that. And the other one is how mm-hmm. to be heard, which actually, interestingly, and, and maybe, you know, fittingly, won the best business audiobook of 2018. Uh, and he works both with companies about sound that they make and how they listen. And he also works with individuals to help them listen and speak more effectively. And you know, as somebody who is in kind of a related field, I have to say, this guy is magic. You are going to want to listen to every word he says, and uh, this is going to be a fabulous conversation. Julian, I am so glad to have you, if
1: it's not obvious already. I feel very daunted now, John, by that introduction. I hope I can live up to it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, I think you just be you and it'll be fine. Um, so, and you also have another book called the wonder of sound, which you're working on, but it's coming out in a little while. So that's just, just to let people know they should keep their eyes on you. And Julian, where's the best place for people to find you? Is it, it's Julian treasure. Is that right?
1: Yes. JulianTreasure.com is my website or my company is the soundagency.com.
0: Okay. The sound agency. Um, and it's J U L I a n treasure t r e a s u r e dot com perfect um yeah great so you can go find him if you want to we'll put that in the show notes obviously but julian thanks very very much for joining me i was i think like many people i probably found you the first time because of your your talk uh how to speak so that people want to listen yeah
1: mm-hmm Absolutely so, yes that was that was the fifth ted talk and and it's the one that went completely ballistic i think it's the sixth most viewed ted talk of all time now amazingly
0: yeah which is boy congratulations to you that is and, and listen that doesn't happen unless you've said something really worth sharing because ted is all about ideas worth spreading and when people yeah. hear an idea like yours they want to spread it and that's why these things go go viral and i guess i'm looking at it right now 51 million views wow yeah and that's, that's on so ted.com
1: great. chris chris always says you have to double that number to get an estimate of the views across the internet because of embedding and podcasts and you know links and yes so
0: and, and youtube and all that stuff well so that's that's fabulous so so um Let's just start with kind of your, you know, bring us into your world, Julian. Here we are, like, you know, we've got people listening who are uh, founders and CEOs of startup companies. We've got top leaders at large global organizations. We've got a lot of people who are leaders at various levels. Walk us into your basic thesis about sound and, and what you talk about.
1: Fundamentally, we've become immensely ocular over the years. You know, we've been using mm. complex language for perhaps 150,000 years as a species. Writing mm-hmm. was invented only about 5,000 years ago, maybe less. And yeah. yet, if you think about the way we communicate these days, it so much involves looking down, using your fingers, using your eyes, text based communication. All of the innovations that we've come up with in the last 30 or 40 years have been that way of communicating screens, words on yeah. screens, possibly pictures and so forth. So, my proposition really is that we've lost contact with our ears to a degree. Once upon a time, if you were in a cave, say 50,000 years ago, you had to listen very carefully, you know. Hearing is our primary (laughs) one sense because you you can hear things behind you. Uh, You can't see things behind you. So if you're sharing a cave with some bears or a tiger or something, you better be listening. Um, We've lost contact with that. It's very rare now that we're listening in that attentive, intense way. Possibly musicians. You, You can't be a great musician if you're not listening to all of the other players in the group or the band or the orchestra or whatever. But yeah. a lot of the time we go around really dead to the oral world mm. around us, and that's a shame because it's a really important dimension. It affects us when that's the key thing. John, sound affects us profoundly. It affects our our bodies. You know, if you if you have to work yeah. in an environment that's noisy. I'm not talking about shouting noisy, just speaking loudly noisy. If you're in that day after day. Mm-hmm. Like, take, for example, a teacher in a noisy classroom day after day. It increases yeah. your risk of heart attack. It shortens your oh. life, probably. So it, it affects us physiologically. You know, as a sudden noise will change your heart rate, your breathing, your hormone secretions. It affects us emotionally. Think of the power of music, to illustrate that. Yeah. It affects our cognition, how well we can think. And this is a little-known stat that many of the listeners to this um episode probably won't have come across we're open planning the entire world there's like 6 billion feet of uh, square feet of open plan office now in the world open plan is a disaster for concentration it's fine for collaboration but that's not the only kind of work we do open plan really pollutes the world around you with other people's conversation which is the most distracting sound in the world so the stats show that we can be something in the region of one third as productive in a noisy office as we would be in a quieter space so we're losing two-thirds of our productivity that way and finally sound affects our behavior what we do how fast we move what we buy in a store Uh, the all sorts of behaviors are changed by the sound around us so Really, my proposition is it's important that we start listening and it's important also that we start to consider our speaking in a more active way. And really, this comes back to school. You know, we teach reading and writing in schools. It's a scandal if a child leaves school unable to read or write, isn't it? And yet Uh, we barely teach listening or speaking, I mean, more in your country than mine. I know you do public speaking a bit but listening how many schools do teacher have a curriculum for listening uh, none yeah and these fundamental skills which affect every aspect of our life are left to us to develop you know listening is a skill not a capability hearing is a capability listening is a skill that we can master mm. and that has huge implications and speaking similarly I mean, I, I've often spoken, as you have, I, I'm sure many times, to a room full of senior managers or CEOs, you know, thousands of them. I say, how many of you have to use your voice in important ways? You give presentations, you're selling things, and so forth. Everybody's hand goes up, OK? Yeah. How many of you have had formal vocal training? Six or seven. <laughs> it's yeah. amazing to me that you know yeah. we take for granted this incredible instrument which the human voice is, it's a beautiful instrument. Mm. And we just assume we're going to pick up how to play it and get on and muddle by. So that in a nutshell is what I'm all about. It's about consciousness of sound. It's about listening in a conscious way and speaking powerfully and effectively in a conscious way.
0: Well, you know, it's, it's really interesting to hear you put it that way because it, it makes me so grateful for some of the things that happened as i was growing up julian i uh and and you know when i was in high school i took debate and i didn't actually know it was debate it was called forensics and the only reason i took forensics is because uh Joni Babilis, the most beautiful girl in eighth grade, was taking forensics. So my best friend and I wanted to be in the same class as her. So we took forensics. And it turns out that's debate. (laughs) And I had a really, really absolutely amazing coach in high school and learned so much from him. And because he was just absolutely, totally mad, just an absolutely crazy guy who Loved us and would do anything for us. I did anything for him. So I totally by accident had a great coach and I was coachable in high school around public speaking. And then I did something that I always felt bad for up until just recently. And hearing you say this reminds me that I don't need to feel bad. But I actually dropped out of college to run away with my rock band. I was the lead singer in a rock band and You know we were gonna go make it big in california that that actually didn't happen but uh you know we i i sang in a rock band for a total of about five years dropped out of school for a total about three but finally went back you know uh after the band broke up and everybody went home i went back to school and i was at ucla got involved in the internet and that became my career and i always felt like i was kind of a naughty boy for doing that But what I've been realizing over the last decade plus of doing what I do, I think is mirrored in what you're saying that time singing in a rock band and having to listen to be a part of making music and, and just using my voice and things. I think that ended up being probably the number one skill that I brought to
1: all of my business endeavors, you know, period. I think it's incredibly important. Um, I've been a drummer since I was twelve. I played in bands. Okay. and You know the same thing. Same thing applies really. Um, even though drummers mm. make a lot of noise, you can't you can't be a good player if you're not really attentively listening. And it's a multi track listening. You're listening to everybody else at the same mm. time, all the other instruments, yeah, all the other players, and. I think that's a that's a habit that stays with musicians I mean, they, I did see a study once that mm-hmm. said uh, musicians have slightly larger brains than non-musicians because they develop this <laughs> area of the brain that specializes in that kind of listening um, mm-hmm. but I do think it has shaped my life definitely that that attention to music and that's really why I formed the sound agency back in 2003 when I sold I had a magazine business before that, and I sold it. Uh-huh. And I've had all these years working with marketeers and understanding brands and how they communicate. And at the same time, in the evenings, I was playing music. And I, yeah. I was desperate to do something that brought the two halves of me together, the listening and the understanding of brands and marketing. So that that's what caused the sound agency to be born and to start asking the question... How does your brand sound which many of them have never thought about so i absolutely agree with you i think i think music is a great access anybody who plays i mean it's it's now known to be very good for you to play but even if you don't play if you're listening and paying attention um, i do find it i mean it's it disturbs me a bit that with streaming and with headphones and with the way that we tend to consume music now it's becoming more of a background noise and Mm. that to me is a bit sad music was never designed to be a background sound it's so often misapplied in public places you know there are a lot of people who hate background music in restaurants in shops and so forth yeah Uh, it's kind of imposing a sound on somebody and of course one person's favorite track is another person's horrible noise. So <laughs> yeah. It's very difficult to get it right.
0: You know, that reminds me of a question that I would love to ask you. We're kind of getting, we're going in that direction. So I'll just ask now. I often find that people's superpower is located right next to their scar. And I wonder if if that brings up anything for you, you know, this superpower around music and, and understanding sound and the power of listening. Was there ever a time when y- you had, you know, a failure or, or something that went wrong, a mess somewhere that had you get more present to this?
1: Well, I've had lots of those in my life. And I think at the core of them, for a long time was arrogance um i went to what we call in the uk a public school which is actually a private school i don't know why we call them oh. public schools but we do <laughs> uh, so i went to one of the best Aww. schools in the uk and this place is a hot house. and it turns out you know politicians and superstars in all sorts of fields it's very competitive it's very elitist it's very driven and it tends to Eject people out the other end who are extremely um, conceited, would be an unkind way of putting it, convinced that they're right, would be perhaps yeah. more balanced. And, you know, in my trainings, I talk a lot about the the, the desire to be right and how damaging mm. that is in the modern world. You only have to look at the polarization of politics, about silos of extreme views on the Internet, of all sorts of <clears throat> demonization of people and uh, violence and uh, disrespect and so forth which comes a lot from this desire to be right you know there's a yes a, a lovely phrase from the therapist and author harville Hendricks, an american um, who i respect a great deal who said you can either be right or be in a relationship and i think there's a lot of <laughs> yeah. truth in that so i came out of this school very convinced that i was right about most things and that degree of arrogance has over the years it caused me a lot of pain um i you know crashed and burned in various directions um i made mistakes which cost me huge amounts of money um friendships um and mm. i guess sometime around the the late 90s um, it kind of came to a head I was running a business and um, very convinced I was right and I just kind of had a a, a total meltdown. Um, and from that point onwards, I've really started to respect the skill of listening to other people with compassion, with curiosity, you know, not seeing everybody as, oh, I know what they're about to say, but Uh, judging books by covers and so forth but actually seeing each person that i encounter as an opportunity to learn now it may Mm. be an opportunity to learn how not to do something quite often it is (laughs) yeah i'm not saying we're going to ape everybody but i am saying that you know there's always something to learn from listening to other human beings whether you're managing them or working with them working for them or they're in your family or friends so it's a humility really would be the word uh, i think listening requires a good degree of humility in order to be open um, and not think you know everything not be one of those people who always has to be bigger better best uh, or interrupts people the whole time overrides people um, has to show off wants to be right wants to be respected um yeah as any great speaker coach will tell you the moment you walk on stage it's not about you never about you right about the gift you're giving to the audience and it's about your relationship with them and so that's um i guess that's what happened to me i i discovered the importance of humility and that listening is a a compassionate caring skill that puts you in an incredibly strong position in life if you actually start to apply it Uh, you know I've got another book cooking in due course which will be around the idea of listening leadership of you know how can anybody be a great leader if they're dogmatic overriding arrogant right all the time I mean if you are right all the time it can work I guess I know there are stories about (laughs) Steve Jobs that he was you know he was a bit that way and that actually he was right so Mm. you know sometimes a despot can be incredibly effective um, but for most of us we're going to make mistakes we're not going to be right all the time and therefore it's incredibly mm. important to to be open to challenge to be open to new ideas to be open to antithesis to our thesis and, and that out of that comes synthesis and a greater understanding so yeah i guess in a nutshell that's that's what happened with me. And that's uh, ever since then, I've been really dedicated to listening. I think that's fabulous.
0: And, you know, I think that, um, I always feel like we, as human beings, we kind of know these things, but we don't know, we know them like, and what I mean is when I hear your story, I can so easily believe that because you are so you're clearly driven and you're clearly committed to excellence and you have this this real sharp edge about you that is now of service. I could see how that could be really dangerous If if what you were most focused on, Julian, was being right, you know? It could be very scary to be around you if that was your driving motivator. But the fact that you had that meltdown and you got that, understanding of the just the power and the importance of humility and that that listening comes from being humble that I think is it's really clear to me that that that's that was the thing like that thank you for sharing that because it's it's something that I think shows in in your talks and and just how you show up so I think it's as much as that was probably a drag <laughs> to go through that moment, uh, I think it was it was good for you and good for the world that you did.
1: Well, thank you. And I well, I, I, I don't know about the world, but it certainly was good for me, and I can commend it because I do think being right is one of the great um, ills of our modern age. And you know, you you only have to look at Mr. Putin to see what happens if you surround yourself with a, a bunch of people who agree with everything you say never challenge you know uh, you can start to be in a very alternative reality and i i have known and suffered in organizations that are like that because they have a ceo who is uh, absolutely you know phenomenally aggressive right and uh, needs to be uh, in control of everything and won't accept bad news you know shoots the messenger Mm. Uh, and then what happens is you stop hearing the bad news and you need to know the bad news because it yeah. can be fatal. So, uh, yeah, listening, I think, is really important for us. Both, you know, if you think of a squirrel, it's a great analogy. Squirrel is fast. It's athletic. Uh, it's um, it's a dynamic little thing, but it's quite vulnerable. And the biggest thing it does to keep itself safe is it's attentive it's listening all the time it won't look down for more than half a second before it's up and listening all around it Um, it's listening for danger first of all Mm -hmm. and it's listening for food or opportunities perhaps as well Uh, so those things are you know they're around us all the time organizations have these opportunities um, and we have to be alert to them and that's why the constant listening is incredibly important.
0: So but what I was think what I was going to say is I I I totally uh, you know that was exactly who I was thinking about uh because as you and I are talking Julian uh you know Russia is attacking Ukraine and continues to just be bested by a country that's much smaller, much less you know well-armed all that stuff and i think that it's exactly down to what you said you know putin has just removed anybody who would tell him the truth he has been so committed to quote unquote being right that he's removed anybody that would give him keep him in touch with actual reality in any way and i think about that all the time when I think about leaders in these organizations that I support. And one of the things that I think is important to say about that is that a lot of times these leaders are not necessarily super evil like Vladimir Putin. They may just be really charismatic, you know. And the problem with that is when you're a very charismatic leader nobody wants to give you bad news because they just don't want to make you unhappy. And I just wrote, you know, I do a weekly mini training that I send out and very recently I wrote one about how teams, especially charismatic teams thrive on truth telling and to loop it back to what you and I've been talking about that is, Truth-telling is not going to happen in an environment unless the leader is actively listening and rewarding that truth-telling.
1: Yes, I mean, communication is a circle, and um, people often misinterpret it as a line. And this is kind of at the heart of my work. I think speaking and listening are involved with each other in a circular relationship. The way I speak affects the way you listen and the way you listen affects the way I speak. And on and on, you know, the way I listen affects the way you speak. And so so, so on and so forth, it's a yes. dynamic. It's happening all the time. So it's not simply I speak, you listen. There's an interrelationship which changes through time. And one of the key uh, things I, I talk about uh, in powerful speaking, which, you know, leaders need just as much as they need conscious listening is the consciousness that you always speak into a listening, whether it's one person or a thousand, that person has a listening which is unique to them or those people. And the reason for that is that we listen through a set of filters that we develop over our entire lives. So yours are different from mine, John. We, you, were, you were born into yes. a different culture. We speak a very similar language, but not entirely the same. And uh, then along the way, we've accreted values attitudes and beliefs from parents role models friends teachers whoever it might be we pick some up we put others away you've got different ones from mine and then in any given situation we might have intentions expectations we might have emotions going on we might have assumptions about what this is all about or what somebody's thinking about us there's all these things create listening filters and that's what we listen through uh, you don't listen to everything. Listening is making meaning from sound. You you select certain things to pay attention to, and then you make them mean something. Now, the biggest mistake I come across in speaking is people assuming everybody listens like I do. They don't. Mm. And if you start yes. to ask the question, what's the listening I'm speaking into? Then you have a very strong chance of being much more effective because it may be a completely different listening to yours just i mean as a simple example and most salespeople or uh, people who have to speak in influence will know this if somebody's a very very slow speaker and you come in and you're talking like this is really exciting opportunity you've lost them immediately because there's a complete mm. disconnect so there's a matching mirroring All those kind of techniques which people teach, they're they're there for a reason. And to me, it's a much simpler question. What's the listening I'm speaking into? And then I can become conscious of that, kind to it and adapt to it. So that is really fundamental. I think that listening is all around us all the time. It's not just me listening. Well, it's me being conscious of the listenings I'm speaking into which a lot of the time probably aren't people listening very well and you'll know this I mean any speaker will know this the listening changes over time not only from one person yeah. to the next is it different but it's different over time so you and I probably will often get given the graveyard slot just after lunch uh, he's a good speaker I was he's just a thinking can, about that, I was cope with that. Just...
0: yeah that's so funny so,
1: yeah the, it, it changes, doesn't it? That's when everybody's blood has gone to the gut, they're feeling a bit sleepy, and it's a completely different experience speaking at that moment <laughs> to speaking at 9.30 in the morning or indeed at 5 p.m. when everybody wants to go home and they really want to get out of there. So yeah, listening changes through the day. Everybody's listening changes. You know, your listening will be completely different if you've just had amazing news to if you've just had terrible news. So our emotions change, our listening changes. And it's really important not to be wrapped up in my end of the conversation, but to be asking all the time, what's the listening I'm speaking into? I, I mean, I just want to re-
0: reiterate what you're saying. I, I think two big, big, big things. First is just the concept of there being a listening right? That's something that I don't think, I mean, I certainly never thought of that till someone pointed it out to me, but there is, there is a listening. There is always a listening you're speaking into. And we never get taught that in school. We don't talk about it in typical conversation, but just to be aware of the fact that there could be something called a listening, you know, that you're speaking into that's already, I think, next level ninja stuff. And then to actually ask the question, what is the listening I'm speaking into right now or right now or with this person or with that group, you know, that question will absolutely fundamentally alter what you say i think your word choice your intonation you know the level of all of that stuff and one of the things that i talk about in my training julian is um how i used to be so excited about checking the box i told you so you know Mm. i i was responsible for what i said and boy I told you so, but checking the box I told you so was not giving me the results I wanted. It was giving me this wonderful thing that I thought was so great of being able to say, I told you so, but I wasn't getting what I wanted. And at a certain point I realized I could actually go another step. I could, instead of just being responsible for what I said, I could actually be responsible for what you heard. Mm. and i started approaching my communication from the point of view of how can i be responsible for checking the box i landed it over there
1: yes okay. and it's that was a the ball whole different over the world. net isn't it yeah absolutely a yes. different world you have to get the ball over the net and it doesn't matter how you know your footwork is on this side of the net and how great you look and you know how elegant the stroke <laughs> is <laughs> if it hits the net absolutely it hits the net.
0: So uh, that's, that. that's such a great analogy. I, I love. It. Well, so Julian, you know, we've still got a few minutes. So I, I want to ask this question earlier than I usually do, just because I, I want to give us time to hear anything that you might want to say. Is there anything that I haven't asked you about? Or is there, is there anything, uh, you know, that you, that you think some, imp- like another direction that you'd like to take us in? Because I'm, I'm, as you know, I'm a fan of your work and, uh, and I, I would love to just hear anything that you, you know, are, that's still over there with you for this call.
1: Well, I think the important things to me are to understand that listening is a skill, not a capability. So that's something we can practice, master and get really good at. And so that's something yeah. for everybody listening to this to take on. Second, if you build on a foundation of good listening, which has got certain aspects to it, and I do that in my trainings and my courses and my book and so forth, um, you know, you can become an expert listener. Then you, you, if you put on top of that powerful speaking, so you're you're aware of the, the the listening you're speaking into. Powerful speaking, of course, is about what you say and how you say it as well. And that is a fundamental skill which you train people on all the time, John. I know it's it's an incredibly important skill. Mm. To me, there are four foundations to that skill, um, uh-huh. and mm. I think it's worth just mentioning those. They they form a, a yes. word, an, an acronym, which I love acronyms because I have a terrible memory. So uh, the acronym uh-huh. here is Hail, Hail to greet or acclaim enthusiastically. Mm. The H stands for Honesty. That is being clear and being straight in what you say, not trying to be clever, not trying to dominate people, overwhelm them with jargon or, you know, um, impress them. It's about just getting the ball over the net, as we just said, being clear and straight and obviously truthful in what you say. Now, not always Mm. because unbridled honesty is not necessarily the right thing. You know, my goodness, you're looking terrible today. Well, it's not very kind, (laughs) it's not necessary. so um it has to be tempered and we'll come on to what tempers it in a moment so honesty the a the a is authenticity and that is being yourself you know i've seen so many people who go onto a stage and they pretend to be some sort of you know ninja loud aggressive fast talking right charismatic person when they're not Well, I do urge anybody to have a look at Susan Cain's lovely TED Talk about the power of introverts, the importance of introverts in life and in business as well. We don't have to be loud and aggressive to be successful. So just being yourself, it's so much easier than pretending to be somebody else. The I is integrity. If you say it, it happens. Being your word, having integrity in that you you're not writing checks you can't cash you're not making promises you can't keep if you don't have integrity your words evaporate like puddles in the sun very quickly so integrity very important and finally the l of hail is the thing that tempers the honesty it's love by which i don't mean romantic love i mean wishing people well and there's an amazing exercise that Uh, An old friend of mine called Charlie told me years ago pretty much when I had my kind of just after my my meltdown and I was engaged in this search for humility and um, You know that a lot of people and I including what I used to do We walk around thinking bad things about but get out of my way you idiot you know uh, You know rude things in our head about people around us (laughs) Yeah and he taught me a great practice which is, instead of doing that, to ha- to say the words in your head, not out loud, to say the words, bless you, or I wish you well. Every time you come across somebody, bless you, I wish you well, Even, you know, walking on stage to an audience, I wish you well. It makes life so much lighter, and you may find that if you meet people's eye, when you're doing that, you smile at each other, as opposed mm. to when you're thinking, out of my way, you idiot, you know, you meet somebody's eye and you look away, <laughs> because they might spot what you were thinking so there's a connection that's forged when you're wishing people well obviously not when they do you harm but you know just as a a rule it's a great way to be so love that kind of simple well-wishing is a great way to speak and it's a great temper for the honesty as well so honesty with love means you don't have to say that rather unkind thing even if it's true Uh, you can be kind as well as honest so hail the four yeah. foundations to me of powerful speaking.
0: Boy, I love that. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. I think that's, I think that's beautiful. And I completely concur for, for whatever it's worth. And uh, I, I, yeah, I love it. Um, I had a question and then it, it slipped away. Um, but what a great thing Charlie taught you, you know? I I do a lot of travel, as I suppose you do, and I certainly, I do find myself sometimes getting into that, that position where I, I'm looking at someone and resenting them for whatever reason, mm. you know? They're mm-hmm. trying to cut in line in front of me, or they're whatever, and I mean and nothing, none of it ever really matters. So uh, I'm getting on a plane in just a few hours after we record this, and I am going to take the bless you. I wish you well exercise with me. So, so thank you, Julian. And thank you, Charlie. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Thank you, Charlie. Yes. You'll find, I find when I'm doing that, it feels like I'm walking a foot above the ground and it's, it's a lighter existence. So it's a very good thing to try.
0: Well, so, um, you know, I, I, I just really appreciate you taking the time with me, Julian. I, I, uh, Oh, that was the thing that I was going to say. You were kind enough to give us a discount on your course. And I I would be remiss if I didn't mention that here. We will definitely have that in the show notes. Do you want to tell us just a little bit about that? Because I want to make that available to people. I I, I think that, uh, you know, it's very generous of you. And I think a lot of our listeners may want to take advantage of that
1: yes i mean it's not often that i'm uh, talking uh, to an audience with you to an audience of people who are absolutely focused on speaking better i mean that's that's what it's all about very often i'm on stage and mm-hmm. you know people are going well, what's he talking about and it, it, if <laughs> if you're not aware that you're not listening and that your voice it has got so much more to offer uh, then you know you're into you're you're in the um, not knowing what you don't know level um yes so i think your audience is going to be at the very least knowing what they don't know if not uh, consciously um competent and, and working on it uh, so mm-hmm. you know yes it's my pleasure i've got an online course which distills uh most of what i know really into about seven and a half hours of video material uh, it's nine chapters it's got a whole chapter on public speaking which i'm sure you'll be uh, very familiar with everything in there, John. But, um, you know, it's my everything I've learned from all those TED Talks and hundreds and hundreds yeah. of times on stage. Uh, but it's also got lots in it about listening skills and about speaking skills, where we go wrong, the the, the pitfalls to avoid and so forth. So it's a, it's a big course. And yes, we, we are very happy in this instance to give your audience, because they're committed, a discount of 50% on the course. So it's just half price for lifetime access. So um, yes, I mean, it'd be great if you put that in the show notes. We'd welcome anybody who wants to take us up on that offer. And um, I hope it really transforms your happiness, effectiveness, and well-being, which are the three things I think which are at stake here with how well we listen and how well we speak.
0: Well, and what I will say is... uh you know, I have my own online course, Julian, and uh, a lot of times people resist online courses, but having watched your TED Talks, I think spending seven and a half hours with you on video would be exquisite. So, uh, and that's (laughs) that's not something that I would say easily. So I appreciate you offering that to us, and I would encourage people to check that out. I think that it's going to be a fabulous, fabulous experience. Thank you. So, Julian, anything else that you'd like to say before we wrap up?
1: I think that the the consciousness is to me what this is all about, John, and I'm sure you're familiar with that as well. I mean, for example, um, I love speaking on stage because it's the time in my life when I'm most conscious You know, you've got a thousand eyes looking Mm. at you. And so you better be conscious of every gesture, of how you're standing, of how you're breathing, of what you're saying, of how you're saying it, of how you're connecting, of what's going on, that dynamic in the room. And I love that feeling of being fully present. Uh, So to me, speaking and listening, they are aspects of consciousness the very important aspects because you know we experience the world in five senses not just one we don't just see it we hear it we smell it we taste it we touch it uh, but sound is i think so ignored and it uh, it really is like opening a door to a new dimension if you start to move into this conscious listening powerful conscious speaking a new relationship with sound to me it's like turning up the color on a monochrome picture it is a wonderful thing and i really commend it to everybody listening to this i hope you have lots of fun with it
0: you know one of the things i noticed julian when i uh you know i spent about more than 10 years just getting really coached in conscious listening and and you know it was by a very rigorous coach who was, you know, as my dad would say, kicking my, my butt up around my ears, you know? Mm. And, uh, what I realized as I took on conscious listening, really being conscious and really, really listening, people got so much more interesting. Oh yeah. And,
1: and I don't think they changed. Absolutely true, John. And you know, the other thing they will is they'll become more interested as well. Yes. Because if yeah. you find people Very not good listening to you, you know, start listening to them and they'll feel more engaged yeah. and they'll share more things and you'll have more to talk about and they'll be more interested in what you've got to say as well. So that old circle is going on all the time. It's
0: fabulous. Well, listen, I see we're coming up on our time and I want to respect what I told you. I would, I would. Love to talk to you all day. Um, And I do hope, you know, I'm just going to say this out loud and maybe somehow the universe will make it happen. I would love to sit down and have dinner with you, Julian. I think it would be just so great to meet you and just get to be face to face with you for a few minutes. And I wish you all the success in the world. I mean, you're doing super well. I, I just want your message to get out there further and further. It's one of the reasons I'm so excited to have you here, to share you with, you know, everyone that I can reach. And uh, and thank you so much for, for joining us. I, I, I'm a big fan.
1: Well, thank you, John. It's been an absolute pleasure. It's lovely to speak to somebody who really cares about this as much as I do, and it's quite rare. Uh, so I've really enjoyed conversation and i'm sure the universe will conspire to put us in the same place uh, at the same time at some point in the future and i look forward to that very much as well likewise all right well
0: so thank you for joining us here on speak like a leader dot show i uh, i think you can see why i'm so excited that julian was willing to join us uh, if you like the show please give us a five star rating and Tell some of your friends about it. Would love to get uh, people like Julian and the other guests that we have on here out to a wider audience because I think you can see the difference it makes. And Julian, thank you one more time very, very much for making time in your busy schedule to join us. It's been an absolute pleasure for me as well. I love talking to somebody else who cares about this as much as I do too. So thanks for joining us. Thank you. And thank all of you for joining us here on Speak Like a Leader. Show. We'll see you next time, and we all wish you the best, Julian. Thanks again. Thank you, John. Thank you for joining the Speak Like a Leader podcast. Go be awesome.